0: Welcome to this week's episode of Relaunch My Life Radio where I am joined by Jess Williamson who is a self-confessed serial entrepreneur. She is an award-winning mindset and business coach and we had the most incredible chat that went on so many different tangents. I feel like there were so many things in Jess's message that so many of you will be able to relate to. She shares insights on how to best manage your day and time as a business owner, how to really figure out what success means to you and also what the next level is for you in your business and what that even means. She shares insights around how she has run and managed her own business, including selling a business and nailing a $150,000 revenue quarter just last month. So stay tuned to this week's episode about Jess Williamson and all of the things that you can learn to help leverage your business and live your life the most inspired you can. Welcome to Relaunch My Life Radio. If you want more, be sure to hit subscribe and visit us at www.relaunchmyliferadio.com for more. Well, I'm absolutely excited to dive deep and have an amazing chat with this week's guest on Relaunch My Life Radio. We've got Jessica Williamson, who we are going to learn a lot from, I can tell already. Jess, how are you today? I'm good, thanks. I'm so very excited to have a bit of a chat. Yeah, it's lovely to get to know you and hear more about you and I'm excited to hear more about you because I think there's a lot more than meets the eye to you, having just heard a bit about all of the businesses that you've ran and all sorts of exciting projects that you've got on the go. For those who haven't heard of you or met you before, can you just introduce yourself and what you do in the world?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I'm Jess and I'm based in Perth, Australia. And in a nutshell, <laughs> I've had five different businesses over the past five to six years. I My first business was Etty Swimwear and I grew and scaled that globally from day one. And I had warehouses in Hong Kong and the USA and have recently just actually sold that business to someone in California. So I pretty much just grew and scaled it and built it to an awesome point, but I'd really lost the passion for it. Or I guess I found my passion elsewhere, which is in my business and mindset coaching that I really focus on now. And so in the meantime, I ran an influencer travel agency where I got to take influencers all over the world to Fiji with Sundays, all sorts of places and promote brands that way. So we had influencers with millions of followers coming on board And then, so that was more of an agency business model. And then I had an events venue in Perth. So more of a bricks and mortar traditional style business, I guess, in that um, it was a physical venue. So I had that for a little bit. And then I also was doing a little bit of photography on the side just for fun. And then I think it was probably three years ago. I'm not good with time. Time, I feel like the past two years have just flown by. So don't Mm. quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure it was about three years ago that I sort of went through my coach trainings and started coaching and helping people with growing their businesses because of my experience in a few different areas. I started just getting a lot of questions on, hey, Jess, how did you have all of this success at such a young age? And how did you do this and that? So I thought, let me see what coaching is all about. And a coach of mine actually pushed me in this direction and actually paid for me to go through a lot of the certifications because then I became part of their team of coaches, but didn't really align with my personal values. And so um, at least I learned a lot of what not to do there. And now I'm Really just focusing on my own coaching business, helping women with my one-on-one coaching and my memberships and events and retreats and all of the fun stuff that I get to do and really making an impact, which I know you know all about, Juliet,
0: as well. Yes, I love that. And it makes me think of the uh, the saying that your life doesn't make sense looking forward or it makes sense looking backward. And now that you can see, oh, okay, starting that business, growing that business, learning that, learning this, now when you're doing what you're doing, it makes sense how you really built up such a, An amount of experience that I think is what makes the best coaches experience and skin in the game and getting in there and getting your hands dirty. I think that just gives so much for you to be able to support others in their business. So, yeah, I love all of that. So one question I have for you is you are a self-confessed introvert and you're someone that has a very strong social media presence and obviously does all the things. How do you balance that and how do you as well feel like being an introvert is your superpower?
1: Yeah. So I've always known that I was quiet. I mean, I've got told it my whole life. So (laughs) I always knew that I was quiet. And I do know that um, just a disclaimer, I do know that an introvert is more so how your energy is and, you know, recharging on being your own. But quite often introverts get grouped in with being quieter as well, just because we are more introspective and looking inwards rather than um, looking outwards. So I've always been told that I'm quiet. A lot of the time I've been told I'm too quiet. I mean, even some friends, when I was in uni, their parents said, oh, look, I never thought you would be friends with Jess because she's just too quiet for you. And so I've heard it so many times at so many instances, and I always thought it was a weakness. And so I always went through life trying to be louder or trying to Get pumped up so that I could be a bit more vibrant, you know, in the room and not get overlooked. And to be honest, people still underestimate me. Um, Just a quick sideline story. I have an intern that's been working with me or an assistant that's been working with me for over a year now. And she came to my mastermind event last Friday. And at lunchtime, she said to me, Jess. I didn't know that you knew so much about so many things. I was like, where have you been for the past year, (laughs) you know, um, helping me with all my stuff? But I hear it all the time where people are like, wow, how do you, I didn't know that you knew all this stuff, or I didn't know that you had such strength in whatever you're doing. And so I still get it all the time, to be honest, but Mm. I've come to peace with it. Um, And look, my special powers are reserved for those who do see them. And we were just chatting before um, jumping on this recording. And for those that follow human design, I am a projector. And being able to understand that has really changed my perspective on being that introvert as well. Because being a projector, we can see so many ways of doing things. We just know things without knowing how we know them, we just know so many things. And the whole idea behind that is that we're meant to wait for people to invite us and to really see us. And then we can share our special gifts with them. So that's been really awesome as well for me to just really understand that if people don't see me, if people don't, you know, necessarily, um, I guess I'm not sure what the right word is, but if people don't see that I can help them or that I have something to offer them, then That's not necessarily my position to have to tell them why they need to see me as well. So that's been really helpful in the whole introvert side of things and being underestimated as well. But the biggest, I guess, eye-opening thing, it was only about a year ago that I realized actually being an introvert is a huge superpower and a huge strength. Um, And extroverts have their superpowers as well, but we live in a society where the loudest people get heard and the quieter ones don't get heard. And so, you know, it comes from school where you're made to do group assignments and things. And I've always worked best on my own. I've always worked best in isolation and recharged by myself. And people see that as being antisocial or whatever it might be. And so living in a world that I guess is made extroverts can sometimes make you question. Maybe I do need to be louder. And then I heard all these people on Instagram um, talking about, oh, I'm being my authentic self and I'm going to swear because society told me to stop swearing. So that's my authentic self. And then I thought, hmm, to be authentic, do I have to start swearing? And it sounds crazy that I even thought that way. But when you see everyone else talking about that's what authenticity means to them, and there was no one really talking about, hey if you're an introvert, that's okay too. And that could still be authentic. So I was still trying to fit into this extrovert box in a way of even at my speaking events or things, I would sort of feel like, all right, how can I be a bit more like hyped up and things like that. But my power comes from being comfortable and speaking my truth and some of the strengths of being an introvert is that we are very introspective. So we are very good listeners, deep listeners, and that's been super powerful in my one-on-one coaching, especially because we do work better one-on-one as well. And the more that I've been speaking about it, the more introverts and the more people that love the one-on-one kind of environment, I've been attracting But you still see all over online other coaches saying you have to run group programs because it's the only way to impact a million people. But to me, I actually find the deeper impact with less people. So it's all about just finding what works for you and playing to your strengths. And sometimes it's hard to see your strengths when society does say that they're a weakness or this is a better way to do it in a group situation. But for me, I know that I can make the biggest impact one on one
0: yeah definitely and i think just circling back to what you were touching on around the human design i think that is such a powerful way of knowing how to be authentic to your energy type and and also always taking these sorts of labels and things with a grain of salt but i've definitely found yeah the projectors such wise ones and really gather all the information and then speak with these profound truths of what they've observed and gathered. And then for myself, being a generator, I've heard that a lot of projectors will actually, like you've sort of indicated, they'll compare themselves to the generators or manifesting generators and think they have to be all of the big energy. And that's really where we can get stuck. And it's kind of a paradox what you said, you know, in terms of be authentic and be yourself so swear like everyone else, you know, it's like, what does that actually can we actually find what is authentic for ourselves and i think that's really what i'm passionate about is people finding more about themselves and having having more self-awareness and it's interesting because we actually you you kind of triggered my memory last year in our master practitioner training we had a student of ours that on her we we dive deeper into our unconscious meta programs and one of those is looking first of all the basic myers-briggs and i think her introvert was like 90 percent And then several months later in our second component of MasterPrac, it had gone all the way down to like 55% 55% so she had actually gone from one extreme of not even talking up in the class to actually clearing a whole heap of limiting beliefs and a whole lot of different emotions and things that were actually keeping her from feeling safe to speak up and she actually yeah. balanced that out and you could see her coming more and more alive so I think you know the, the labels are interesting but as you said you know we we can we can influence them and we can shift things yeah. but also we need to do what's true for ourselves and what feels authentic and I think the right people, as you said, that's good business advice for anyone listening to this. The right people will want to hear your message and will want to seek you out for that wisdom. And you have a lot of wisdom to share. I heard that you're just celebrating your last quarter. You received revenue of 150000 So congratulations. That's you and an assistant. That's huge. I'd love to hear what you would say What you put that success down to, I mean, I know we don't just want to focus on money, but money is a great indicator of how well we're playing the game of making a difference in the world. So what would you kind of attribute? What are some of the top tips for that quarter that really uh, influenced that result?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure if I can quickly jump back because you just did actually say something super valuable and then I'll definitely answer that
0: question. We've got so (laughs) much fire right now. We're just jumping all over the place. It's good. We need a lot to
1: chat about. Um, But you mentioned that she was coming up as an introvert because of her limiting beliefs. And I want to really just mention that right now, because a lot of people do sit behind the fact of I'm an introvert. I don't have to show up online. I'm an introvert. I don't have to be confident. And I think I'm a good example of that. I hated public speaking. I could have never shown up on this podcast five years ago. I mean, I would have, but I wouldn't have been able to string a sentence together very well because I was, I hadn't built that confidence. I hadn't practiced. And it's like riding a bike. The first time you ride a bike, you're going to fall off. And so I just wanted to mention that as well, because you made a good point not to sit behind being an introvert as an excuse, but to understand the strengths in that you're a good listener. I'm better one-on-one. I need to recharge by myself. Those I can use then to help me become more successful in a way. So I just wanted to mention that because I don't want people to think, oh, Jess said I can be an introvert and I don't have to do, <laughs> you know, I don't have to show up.
0: Yeah. I think that is a really important point, not to use it as an excuse or anything, but to use it as a power and and really, you know, look at, okay, well, is there something that I can actually shift and change around that?
1: Absolutely. So on your question, um, yes, I did have 150k quarter, um, which was Something that I almost didn't even realize I did, to be honest. Um, And I think that's a good lesson for everyone. And I actually shared a whole podcast episode about that on my podcast couch chats in that this is a reminder for everyone in that we're always so focused on looking forward that we don't really stop and think and look back. And I've become a lot better at that, but I was still like all steam ahead. I've got my retreat coming up. I've got this and that that I'm working on. And I almost didn't look at the numbers. I just was going to keep going, but I did. And it was a pretty big month. And to be honest, I've seen bigger numbers in my swimwear brand and in my other businesses, you know, combined and things when I was running five businesses at once. But for me, it has a more profound impact in this way because it, it's me. It's me and the swimwear brand was still me. Like, I was pretty much solo running that with my assistant as well, and a lot of automations and things. But this is me. Like, I'm getting paid to be me pretty much, you know? So that's what really blew my mind and really just overwhelmed me with gratitude because, like you said, money isn't everything. And to me, my idea of success, like, I couldn't care less about designer goods. I couldn't care less about fancy cars. Like my car right now my side mirror just fell off while I was driving down the freeway. It's not even an old car, but like my car's falling apart and I would rather still drive that because I'd rather keep my money for like experiences or, you know, travel when we can and things like that. So um, first things first, I guess big lesson (laughs) is figure out what success means to you. But some of the main I guess learnings that people could take away or that I could share from that 150k quarter is obviously look at your numbers as you go um and secondly what really shifted for me is it wasn't just the money but I was going to the beach when the sun was out I was going to the beach twice a week I was having most afternoons off or I didn't They weren't necessarily off, but I didn't feel the pressure of, oh, my gosh, there's so much to do, which is the life that I was living back in 2019. I was on a plane every three weeks. I was burnt out. I was never, you know, doing enough of the things that I needed to do. I was always running behind. My health was not great because I wasn't eating properly. And so what really blew my mind was the fact that I was having more flow and ease in my days than ever doing more of the things that I love taking care of my health better than I ever have in my whole life and doing something that seriously lights me up every day in that I get to help women overcome their mindset challenges and build their businesses and try and create that success for themselves as well. That was the biggest part. The money was there as well, which is nice because I'm currently building a house and it's ending up being more expensive than we thought. (laughs) So that's always helpful. But for me, it was that realization of, Wow. Like my whole life, I've kind of just never had any money or I've always I've always had money, but not like more money than I know what to do with kind of situation. And so I was just overwhelmed with gratitude after looking at those numbers. Mm, That
0: is such an important point that I think for some people success is the numbers and it's at the detriment of all of those other things, the work life balance, the lifestyle, everything. And I think the fact that you achieve that and it is, as you said, For you and much less overheads of course than the other businesses too that you're doing something that really lights you up and you're being paid for it in a way that inspires you and you know covers obviously you being able to build your home and maybe in the next in the near future getting that new car or getting at least your car mirror fixed so for people that are listening to this and maybe they're in a job that they just know it's it's not their soul's purpose, like it's not why they're here and they may be stuck in that, that paradigm of thinking that they need that job to pay their bills and they'd love to do something that lights them up every day, but they just have that like practical, logical side that's telling them, no, stick this out, pay your bills, be safe. What advice do you have for those people?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a few things because I studied my full-time job for a whole year before I quit when I started my first business. So you don't have to quit overnight. However, when I did quit, my business grew 500% in one month. And it does just show that where you put your energy, the results flow. Even in saying that this quarter was that uh, milestone for me and that's because I had recently sold my swimwear brand. And even though I wasn't spending huge amounts of time on it every day because it was systemized and running itself almost, it was still holding on to 30% of my energy, you know, throughout the day. So that 30% of energy being able to reinvest back into myself or to reinvest back into what I'm really passionate about was really, really important. And so Quite often, we put these unrealistic standards on ourselves. So when I was still working full time for the whole year, I stayed there because I never stopped and questioned myself firstly, like, why do I need to stay here? Because I was 22, living at home, had no mortgage, no kids. And I said to myself, I have to stay at this job until my business is making the same amount of income as my full time job. And to be honest, it's a catch-22. It's never going to happen until, I mean, some people are very lucky. I have some clients who are working full-time and still doing 20K months, which is amazing. But majority of times, it doesn't happen that way. And that's I think because, that's
0: yeah. a really important point, actually. I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of people who are thinking I've got to replace my income before I can quit. But as you said, yep. it's, it's a catch-22. If all your energy is being drained by something that doesn't light you up, it's costing you so much more. And when you actually free your time and you're not in those energy draining situations, you can fully focus on your mission and the results. As you said, I think you said a 500 percent increase when you quit I had a yes. really similar experience when I quit corporate I made more money coaching in my first month than I would have if, if I'd stayed That's in that crazy, job isn't it? and I think we all hear those messages but I think it's important for people listening who need those nudges to hear more mm. <laughs> and to hear them from different people and, and it's have those hard messages to sometimes echo.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to believe it until you experience it. So yeah. I did that for a whole year. I jet set it off to New York Fashion Week, like with my brand. And I was doing all this incredible stuff. And when I I I just hit rock bottom. Like I was at I had adrenal fatigue. I wasn't eating properly. Like everything was going terribly. <laughs> um, other than my business. And I just said, look, right now I looked out the window and I said, I can see McDonald's out the window right now. If I don't quit now, give it a go. And if it fails, I'll get a job at McDonald's. Like that for me right now is better than that. But if I had a coach or if I had someone that was guiding me at the time, they probably would have said to me, Jess, but why? And literally just asking myself that. And when I hit that rock bottom, I did ask myself that. I was like, but why? What is the worst case scenario that could happen well maybe the business won't work out which is a whole nother topic if we get on to that because if you believe it's not going to work out it's not going to work out um yep. <laughs> which is a self-fulfilling prophecy and I mean a lot of times in business you just have to persevere when things get tough and the main reason why businesses fail is because people give up <laughs> it's not necessarily and I think as well fails. and
0: I think as well people start businesses they're not actually passionate about. Yes. Yeah, they start the business time. that they think, oh, that will be a good investment versus something. If you're all passionate about it, I don't know about you, Jess, but like there is nothing else I would do in this world. So yes. my business has to succeed because there's Absolutely. no plan B. And I think that that is, that is definitely important, really finding out, you know, why do you want to do this? And and what is the other option? Anyway, sorry, I yeah. keep interrupting because I'm just loving this conversation.
1: <laughs> no, I feel like I'm jumping around all the place because my brain is going Crazy with all the, the, the You should see well, my so notes. Right. You should
0: see my notes. Like for every for every couple of minutes you talk, I have like five little notes of things that I want to talk about. So oh, it's yeah. good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, hopefully, um, if anyone's driving right now, maybe pull over and take some notes as well. Exactly. Um or listen back. But so what path was I on? So basically, just if you're in that position, I would ask yourself what is the worst that can happen? And secondly, I I think you made a good point about people starting businesses. Now, it's very cool to start a business now, right? It's very trendy, especially in the past two years of what we've seen happening in the world and everyone's working from home. Um, It's become like the cool thing to do. But I've got a lot of friends who would hate to start a business. Like it's just not in their nature. It's not something they would love to do. And so it's totally fine if that's not for you as well. But if you decide that, yes, I want to work for myself. Look, I went through five businesses before I really found my passion. And to be honest, I probably wouldn't be as successful doing what I'm doing right now if I didn't have the experience of five different businesses before to, help me guide my clients in what I'm doing or, you know, to give me that passion, to give me that perspective. So for me, it was, there's no regrets. It was a life journey, but I think so many people don't even try because they're waiting for that perfect idea. So for me, the swimwear brand was an accumulation of all my interests. I was in digital marketing. I loved social media. I used to just start Instagram accounts for fun, grow them to 5,000 followers and then change it up and make a new one. So, and I, and I really wanted to work in fashion. So I combined my um, passion for digital marketing, fashion, and I've always been super organized. So I kind of combined it. It seemed like a logical choice. And at the time I loved it and I grew it and scaled it. And it, still is something that I love. And every now and then I have these ideas and I'm like, Jess, stop. (laughs) Stop with the ideas. Um, We're not going back into fashion. But it still is something that I enjoy and love, but it wasn't my true purpose. And I see a lot of people, I guess, saying, do this, this and this and you'll find your purpose. But I think sometimes you've just got to do a bit of trial and error and figure out what you don't love to get a bit closer to what you do
0: love as well. I definitely agree with that. I love, I don't know if you've read the e-myth, but you are just like the entrepreneur business type through and through. You know how there's the entrepreneur, the manager and the, uh, the technician. So like the technicians yeah, like the creative, Ah, the technicians like the creative and they do the work and, you know, sell it, deliver it. The manager is the person that achieves the results and maintains systems. And the entrepreneur is like creating a new business and then they want to move on to the next one. And, and so I love that <laughs> because you'd be really supporting those people. And, yeah, it's it's a good one. But it's um definitely, you know, I think all these little things that we can learn can help us to know, well, what's our superpower and what's our strength and how can we add add value. And I think a lot of, for a lot of people, the jump from employee to business owner is the hardest jump to navigate because it's all of this unknown terrain. And I think having someone like you that can help to pave that road and make it safer and not make it seem such a big jump, because you're right, we do hear statistics like, oh, most businesses fail within the first two years and that sort of thing. And people get really caught up in those statistics. Whereas I think if they're working with someone like you and having someone like you on their team to help them know do you know what there's there is a way you just need to want it enough and have a strategy and have steps to to go for it so one thing I'm really curious about you because you sound so multi-passionate and you've obviously got all these different clients and business and that sort of thing and having recovered from adrenal fatigue I would love to know your tips because as a fellow business owner sometimes I admit I feel like there is always more to do. And when you work for yourself, you're kind of just always thinking about ideas and business and that sort of thing. I'd love to know your tips for managing your days and your time and your well-being. What are your kind of top tips? So this is something that I'm super
1: passionate about because I've been there. I've been that point. I've watched a lot of my friends have successful businesses, but sacrificing everything else along the way. And I was doing that for like five plus years and I've sort of feel like I've found a really simple way, but a really efficient way to build your business around your life instead of building your life around your business, which usually there is no life left. (laughs) There's no time left for the life at the end of the day um, because we are so passionate. And I'm actually working on a new course, which is exactly that, how to structure what success means to you, how to structure your days and how to then build a business that can bring in that income, but also support that lifestyle. Um, but I haven't actually mentioned that anywhere yet. So this is literally the first time I've mentioned it out to the public (laughs) (laughs) and I do have a wait list. If anyone is interested in just finding out a little bit more about that, but how I really structure my days, I use an app called Todoist, T-O-D-O-I-S-T. And I use that and the good thing about that is it's got my to-do list on there. Right now there's 90 things on there, but I can only see five of the things because I've only scheduled five of the things for today. So what I love about it is that my brain is at peace because my brain's not saying, oh, what about this? Oh, did you forget about that? Oh, but what about this? And, oh, I think that's important too. That's where my brain was working before. I would just be constantly getting distracted by my own brain saying, You forgot about that. I think this is important. Now my brain says, "Mm, no worries, Jess. I've got it sorted. I know it's on a different day. Don't know what day. I don't need to know what day, but I know it's there. And so I schedule my priorities based on that, based on when I need things done and what I'm working on. Um, And I also try and group similar tasks on similar days as well so that when my brain is in one certain mode, whether it's admin mode, you're going to be so much more efficient than jumping from admin to course creation to Instagram back to admin. It's just going to take you way, way longer. So you can be more efficient in that way. And having that to do app, I really find that helpful. But then I also go and schedule everything in my calendar. So last I think it was last week or maybe the week before I did like a week in my life on my Instagram and I shared some screenshots of my calendar day and people laughed at me because I scheduled in like a shower, a bath, (laughs) I scheduled in um, breakfast, lunch, everything is scheduled because if I don't, then I'm like, oh, I've got 15 more minutes to do some more emails. And it's not even productive time. I'm just fiddling about because I feel like I always have to be productive. And I think that's a trap a lot of entrepreneurs fall into is like, oh, I finished the day early. There's nothing else for me to do. Might as well do some work. Whereas I scheduled in, okay, I'm going to the beach from 11am till 5pm. And if I probably don't stay there that long, but I've scheduled it in. So I make sure I schedule in all the fun stuff that I want to do as well. And just the. life stuff you know making sure I eat and shower and do all of that as well and then I actually leave Fridays free every single week is no one can book into my calendar on Fridays unless they really have to (laughs) then I'll open it up but um, Fridays are my days that I either rest if I need to rest as a projector, I need to rest <laughs> a lot um, as we don't have as much energy. Uh, maybe Fridays, I might do some learning. And that's something that a lot of people don't leave space for. I love to learn and fuel my mind and just feel more empowered or fuel things that I'm really interested in. Or maybe I might want to catch up with a friend or just watch TV all day if I'm feeling, you know, if I'm in that time of my cycle or something like that. So Friday is a good buffer zone. And very rarely I try not to, but sometimes Friday I use as like a catch up on work time because we all know that we jam pack our schedules way fuller than we know Is possible, and we think we're Superman and we can do it all, but then we get to the end of the week and we realize we've got to move half of it to the next week. But then next week's already jam packed because you've jam packed it, and now you've got two weeks worth of stuff to get done in that one week. So Friday is just a good buffer for me if I have those weeks or I'm working on a new project or I've got my retreat coming up soon. Um, Then, you know, because I'm taking out a few days for the retreat, then I can move some stuff around. So that's kind of it in a nutshell on how I sort of structure my time a little bit, because previously I used to wake up at 6 or 7am whenever I woke up and then I would get straight on the computer, work, 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 and then realize it's three o'clock and I think, oops, I better eat dinner, better eat breakfast. And then the second half of my day would start at 3pm, which is pretty much the end of the day. But I, then I would do another whole day of work after that, which was
0: just crazy. So. Now I nice recipe studying. for adrenal fatigue, yes. yes. <laughs> That's how you do that. So to avoid that, I think some great tips. I'll put the link as well for the app. I've just downloaded that app. Always nice to try out a new one. And yeah, Fridays are my free day as well. And I love having that that permission to just do whatever you want to do. And, um, and yeah, I think that that is really important to remember. Those of you listening who have your own business, like be a good boss for yourself. And give yourself that freedom and you can design and dictate your your working hours. And it doesn't have to just fit the nine to five model that maybe you have programmed into you since you were a child going to school as well right so you can really design based on what what feels good for you and for me i block my calendar out and don't check socials before 10 30 a.m and that's been a game changer for me uh, because it means i can do all my self care i can go to pilates i can just read a book i can do whatever because i'm not online until 10 30 and then i've got so much more energy for that for the rest of the day and it's um it's funny because i had that same thought process of, I just get up and straight away start working. And I think when you're really passionate about what you do, it's almost like an addiction, you know, a a quote unquote, like socially accepted healthy drug of, oh, I'll do some work. Like working hard is the socially accepted addiction in our culture. And so I think anytime we can be Doing what we love be successful in our definition of success and also uh, you know be really balanced in whatever that means for us as well that's um that's so important and i think it's a journey that you kind of explore and obviously if people are listening to this and you're in the startup phase that's going to look really different to when you're several years into your business and you've got a consistent cash flow and that sort of thing. So I think we've
1: all
0: lived the 6am to 10pm <laughs> startup phase and yeah, yeah. It's, it's good that it doesn't last forever. And so you
1: can I, manage that in a in a good way as well because I even heard Jay Shetty on his podcast and he's like, I guess the, the life coach, you know, the most well-known life coach out there at the moment. And even he said, he hustled in the beginning. Everyone kind of goes through that phase. So I think a lot of businesses fall into the trap of, oh, okay, Jess only works half a day and doesn't have Fridays. So I'm going to do that as well. And sometimes in the startup phase, you do need to hustle, but you still need to take care of yourself and probably don't skip breakfast until three o'clock. So there's a bit of a balance there as well.
0: Remember your beautiful body. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I have absolutely loved getting to know you and having this conversation. And the last thing I wanted to mention is congratulations as well on launching your recent journal that you built completely and designed yourself. And I'm going to put the links That on the uh, show notes as well. All my listeners will know I'm a huge fan of journaling and I write a lot about the benefits of it in my book as well. And so I will put the link for Jess's website and her journal on there. And I know that there's a course that comes along with the journal as well. Yeah, I did the journal
1: and I noticed that a lot of there's a a lot of journals out there, right? Um, But a lot of people don't understand why they're doing it. They're just like, oh, okay, I've got to write gratitude. So I'll write my gratitudes. But unless you really understand the practice behind it, the psychology behind it, and and all of that, and understand how to possibly use it as a tool for success, rather than just writing, I'm grateful for my home, I'm grateful for my cat, you know, (laughs) stuff like this. It's not necessarily going to help you succeed more in business. Yes, it might help you feel a little bit better, but there's A stronger way that we can anchor it deeper, which I'm sure you're all across as well. So I wanted to include a course and my journal is literally the same price as other journals on the market. But you're getting this whole mindset and goals course for free um, with it because I really wanted to help people understand why they're doing this. And it's more likely that they're going
0: to stick to the habit of the journaling as well. Fantastic. I love that. And yeah, I'll definitely pop the link in the show notes for that, as well as all of your socials and ways that people can reach out. So if people want to follow you, you're all across socials on Instagram and Facebook. So I'll put the links for that as well. My last question to you is what advice do you have for people who have listened to this whole podcast? Any last sort of final words of advice for people maybe who have their own business to really, you know, take it to the next level?
1: Um, first thing would be is like, what is the next level for you? Because to be honest, 99% of people that come to me for like a discovery call or that I chat to on Instagram, their goal is to grow their business or to hit six figures or to hit seven figures. And they don't usually know why or how much. And I know everyone listening will be thinking, oh, that's crazy, Jess. I've got it sorted. But I would encourage you to actually think about it because everyone thinks they know their goal. But when 99% of the people that come to me say their goal is to grow their business and they don't really understand what that looks like or that their idea of what that looks like is maybe clouded by what society sees success as like a busy businesswoman with an office and a team of people, to be honest, I I don't want a team of people, <laughs> like I'd rather not um, have to deal with staff and everything. So for me, that's my idea of success. And not saying that people have to choose that either, but most of the time people aren't quite clear on what does their dream business look like and what does their dream lifestyle look like that would be
0: supported by that business. That is the really great point and I think really important place for people to start pondering. And those listening to this. Start thinking about that and what what that really is for you, and what it actually means for you as well. So definitely reach out to Jess if you're wanting more, and I will put all your details. Thank you so much for this jam-packed conversation. I think we went on 500 tangents, but they were all juicy. So thank <laughs> you, and yeah, I can't wait to see more of what you do in this world.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure, and can't wait
0: to have you on my podcast as well. I know I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you, Jess. That's this week's episode from Relaunch My Life Radio, live from Australia. Visit us at relaunchmyliferadio.com for more. And remember, it's never too late to relaunch your life.